0: You're listening to the audio version of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast, brought by yours truly, Mr. Resident Geek, Stephen Hesse. We are available on iTunes, as well on www.geekapocalypse.com. Broadcast live and exclusively from Newcastle, England, in Goodall, UK. We also have a YouTube account, which is www.youtube.com forward slash Geek Apocalypse, where we'll be, we will be uploading all the videos from our podcast, as well as from Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, we are also just starting a Twitch account, which you can find at www.twitch.tv forward slash Geek where you can follow us to find out all the streaming we will be doing on set site. Also, you can, if you want to know everything that we're absolutely up to, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at Geek underscore Apocalypse. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy being a Geek. Hello everybody and welcome once again to the ultimate paradox of human existence that is the Geek Boilers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My I am your host, Mr. Stephen Hesse, but when am I not? Only when I am a shapeshifter like Odo. But that's something no one knew about until I just mentioned it now. Damn it! I've been fooled again by my own podcast introductions. This this is becoming a chore, but no, um, in all seriousness, thank you so much if you are listening to this for the first time. Thank you so much. If you're not, uh, uh, thank you so much for your continued support. I really appreciate it. One of the things I keep forgetting to ask people to do is if you are subs- subscribed to this on any platform that you listen to, obviously listen to the website, on the website, great, uh, but if you could go on and subscribe to one of the subscription formats and just write a little review, if you obviously if you like it if you don't like it i well i said it's a free country feel free to feel free to criticize it um but you know it would be great if you could review the shows uh and subscribe that would be awesome um because i know you listen so it would be great if you could do that also i keep forgetting to mention that we have a shop uh so if you want to purchase some t-shirts and help out the podcast you can do so because uh, we have it now on our very own website uh, you can now watch our twitch channel which is every day as well as you can look at the shop uh, items and shop away uh, we have such things as buttons mugs t-shirts even baby girls see so a baby like you pop baby girl so cool um, and also some hoodies as well and various other things so please do check that out but in terms of this episode i'm interview it is a special in that i am the guest uh, this is something that was planned a while ago about over a month ago with matt dawson who is a member of one Up gaming Podcast, which is another uk uh, ga- uh, another uk podcast uh, which is awesome and he asked to interview me for college work and stuff i do waffle a bit and take a while to answer questions but you all know that i'm like that anyway so please persevere but it's a really good uh, way of showing how the podcast started all the stuff with wire radio before it uh, some business advice and all that kind of thing so huge thank you to matt so yeah this is episode 83 uh please follow us on twitch which is twitch.tv if you're on every day but as i say this is episode 83 uh with matt interviewing me a special enjoy
1: Me, Matthew Dawson, as your host, uh, interviewing the, well, basically the creator of Geek Apocalypse and Stephen Hesselwood Media Enterprises. Good afternoon. Hello.
0: Hello, uh, Mr. Matt. Thank you for thank you for interviewing me. This is nice.
1: It's, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, basically, I, I want to talk first about um, the site originally, that how it kind of came to be, because. Good. It was. It seemed to be sort of like an off project from Y Radio. Yes, correct. Is that your like creative direction? Yeah, like, your own yeah. Stuff? That's
0: that's actually a really good thing to talk about. That's something I've never, I think, discussed. Um, because as you mentioned, it's good that you know about Y Radio because that's kind of the a, a complete side, the complete the the thing that the, the sort of uh, I jokingly refer to it as the beta test of of Geek Apocalypse because. That wasn't me. That, that that wasn't me in terms of I wasn't in complete control of it, and it wasn't something I. I mean, I set it up. I mean, so mm-hmm. the so the basic the basic uh, thing about Y Radio was Y Radio was a community radio station that um that I got that I essentially started when I worked for um the Y M C A charity. Um, I worked for, I work because I work as a youth uh, like uh, I work as a youth worker as kind of like my main source of income and. Um, I say main as in it's just sort of a buy you know yeah, yeah. part time thing, uh, because I work at, the the great benefit of working as a freelancer is you can work as a small amount of hours and you're in control of it and all that kind of thing. So so I originally got hired there to do sort of media stuff uh, at the the North Shields one, yeah. um and they became aware of the fact that when I was doing university stuff I wanted to be a teacher, so I did like English and history. Um, and I also did a lot of production stuff because I, I, my goal after I left university was to be a BBC producer. But during, during sixth form and stuff, I um, did a lot of work experience in schools. So I, like, for, I did like a, a whole month in Holystone Primary School, for example, and, and with the idea of being a teacher when I left university. So when I was at YMC, they became aware that I had that experience. And I was doing media stuff for them, and then they basically said, "Have you ever went down the path of youth work? Uh, have you ever thought about, you know, teaching young kids mm-hmm. what you've learned so far?" Um, and that intrigued me because it's kind of like teaching, but it's sort of the better form of it because there's sort of like there's no homework, there's a lot less. So there's no real structure to it. You can teach them the stuff yeah. that you think is valuable. Yeah, and I could give you like a rundown of some of the stuff that I did. Like, I mean, one of the, some of the things I'm incredibly proud of doing. Like, uh, one of the things that um, they had a deal. They, obviously a lot of charities work together, and Bernardo's hired me during that period of time, and uh, I did. Uh, I I taught homeless people how to play guitar, which was incredibly awesome. Wow. Um and. Uh, and, I, and I did music. Uh, they then found out I had a music background as well because I, I'm one of these annoying people that just self teaches instruments all the time. So um, I've, yeah, I, you're like,
1: working on your own album, aren't you?
0: Yeah, it's on Bandcamp. I haven't really promoted it at all, um, but occasionally it'll get played in some radio shows and stuff. But I'm not. It's that's that. If, if there's such things as side projects, that's really is a side project. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm wanting to to in a band—that's uh, something that is on the radar at some point. Uh, but we'll get to that because that's sort of future stuff. But, but anyway, so the Y radio stuff basically came out of that. It came out of I want that they said that they had radio equipment around and they actually did have a y radio before that. By a girl called Laura Robertson uh, did it, and then she left and went on a world, like a world trip, and <laughs> just went, "I'm leaving." And this all of a sudden had a sort of radio station that was not managed anymore uh and just died and they basically said do you want to resurrect it and Mm it's intriguing to me um and the reason this is a good thing to bring up is to is because it shows the kind of commitment you have to make if you want to do something like this because uh i worked on that me and graham who did the site which we'll get which is the reason it's an interesting transition because the same guy did both sites my, my friend graham and uh that uh, I spent about six months making. Uh, I I really wanted to make it work. So during the time I was working for the YMC and and, and, volu- and like volunteering because I wasn't working then, um, was I just spent all my spare time with my friend Graham building this site and we built it from the ground up. And at the point it got to, uh, we were doing like twenty shows of twenty shows a week, and I was yeah. running it and. Editing all the shows and being there the entire time, and it became far too much work. And then there was a specific incident that happened uh, that that I can't mention on broadcast and stuff. But basically, um, but basically, stuff uh, a situation happened that led us that the present one of our presenters got us into trouble. Basically, is, is about as much I think as I can say. No, and um, and, uh, and it led to us severely getting penalised in terms of what we can and can't do. Oh, wow. But it was kind of the it was kind of the beginning of the end anyway, I, I, and I'm not just saying that to kind of to, to kind of get out of to, get, to kind of make it sound like it, it failed or anything because it didn't. It was just basically came down to two real things of I lost kind of hundred percent control of what I could do, and it really pigeonholed the direction I wanted to take it because at the end of the day, someone else was paying the bills. So you know you can kind of understand them having that viewpoint, yeah. and especially when something goes wrong in terms of in, in terms of their reputation can get tarnished they they all of a sudden then wanted to you know see where I was going to take it but the real the real reason it wasn't really that is the reason the real reason was they kind of made a collective decision that we couldn't advertise because of being a charity so we couldn't sort of generate money and so the remit was when they first told me to do it was oh we wanted to do it with the idea of the it could be self-sufficient and as soon as they made that decision i basically said to them you've cut off my one only way of making it self-sufficient um because the other thing they were trying to do with grants like there's certain grants you can get to do community community radio licensing which are incredibly complicated but the yeah. only two the only two we ever did during that time was incredibly badly managed uh, and we never were ever close to getting one uh, and the problem is, is it take? It's like every six months. So you know, if you don't get one, you've got to wait another six months to, to apply again. Um, and it just, it, it basically, it had very little. It had very little. I grew it as far as I could, and needed, and needed support from the people that made the decisions. And they just decided that it wasn't worth continuing with, even though at one point I what I will say on this, on this interview is that. It did get to the point where they were actually talking about incorporating it into every YMCA in the UK. Um, it got to that point uh, because of how much so, so they they thought it was such a great thing, and every YMCA had heard of it, uh, and they were going to implement it in every YMCA, and then it just died because they they took off, they cut it, they cut everything out from the source. Um, so what to to that to to answer your question fully, that led to. Me eventually leaving that job, yeah. to become a freelancer, and then I basically like sat there in, in like October 2013, whenever it was, and basically just went. Um, I've 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 gained all this knowledge. I have a top 10% degree. I do I've done all these production stuff like working for the BBC and all this kind of thing. Um, I've ran a radio station for two years. Um, I, I feel like I've gained all. And also, I I I just feel like I have a natural talent for this, so mm. I feel like I've sort of I've sort of done enough. Oh, excellent! That's the that's the door. Um, at least that started during the a little bit. But yeah, I'll I'll no, answer that in a sec. So yeah. That's nice. Yay! I have food. I'm not gonna start. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's awesome. It's just like uh, I've been waiting. Like I mean, you know, I um, been sort of waiting for some like I, I mean, we I'm happy to talk about this because this is gonna come up, but, but um. But yeah, I had a I had a sort of like um, situation where I was ill beginning uh, towards the end of last year, and um, and uh, I've been basically fighting the NHS. So it has been like sort of the big thing of uh, like I got some compens I got I basically won my case and got some compensation money that's come through at the minute. And um, because basically it my whole like, whole entire life changed because of it because um I have like you know symptoms I have to deal with every day and all this kind of thing because they basically fucked up my my treatment. Is that
1: um, to the oh, you put it as like a blog post?
0: Probably. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I, 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 I've I've at least brought it up because it's led to me doing mental health stuff. It basically was in relation to my mental health as I have bipolar disorder, so,
1: mm.
0: and I have a very serious form of it, like a very like sort of extreme form of it that it can really you know affect my life. And, uh, they basically gave me medication that didn't work and I, I almost died. It was, it was incredibly, it was incredibly touch and go. But, um, so basically afterwards I basically went, this isn't acceptable. Instead of people just saying like move on and go, well, that's it. Well, at least you, you, you recovering now. I'm like, no, you know, I've, lo- I lost six months at least of my life and I potentially am not able to work full time for another year. So they basically just gave me money to basically say, you were not allowing you to work because of all the stuff that you went through. So, so basically, the point I'm making is that the reason I'm bringing this up is because now that I've been given this money that I've been fighting against, I can now afford to actually eat like a proper human being, <laughs> like not um. Congrats! But, uh, not just basically like I'll eat today, <laughs> if I'm lucky. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's all nice because yeah, as I say, I haven't worked since that particular time. So since like last summer, so. Um oh. so it's just nice to it's just nice to be able to kinda of go So the first thing I did when I got that I'm like Iceland shop, uh let's <laughs> let's 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 fill my fridge up but I've just suddenly realised that I've missed I've misunderstood I've missed sort of calculated how big my freezer is, so I'm gonna have a lot to eat today. And that's, that's why, why Hess goes fine. to Iceland. Too. Yes, and that's why, yeah. And that's why that's why uh money impoverished people go to Iceland. <laughs> Other, other too many poor jokes with that. Other supermarkets are available. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. just, just do that with my podcast joke there. I I'll say that every, every time I mention a product, I always say that. Other, and then just mention something else. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, um, so I'll, I'll, so yeah, as I was touching on, so I'll, I'll just, if you want, I'll go back to the, the, the wire radio stuff. So basically. So basically, just uh, so yeah. So ultimately, I created this radio station, the 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 community radio station, while I was working as a youth worker. And as I say, it was really it was very successful. We had quite you know for a radio station, we had very good numbers.
1: You said you had um, thousands of views per week. Yeah,
0: yeah, we did. Um, we had a very good metal we had a very good um uh, metal show that my friend Wayne did. I did my own show, which was difficult to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because uh, the, the 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 problem is, I mean, there's a real serious point to this. Is that whenever you do sort of twenty, you know, whenever you start something from the ground up, this is what I say to people in relation to starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, is whenever uh, whenever you start something, is people don't care about it. Like they don't, li- they literally do not care about it. And it's not because it's not something that's worth caring about. It's because it it didn't exist until you decided to do it. So you've got to have that mindset when you first start is to realize, I think this is awesome and I think I should be doing this. But you have to have the mindset of that the majority of the world are not going to care about you. You have to stick to doing it. Yeah, you have to just keep doing it to the point where people go, you've got to gain some sort of reputation for doing it. Because I like the fact that the world, you know, the world is unfair a lot of the times, but I generally do think. This idea of just starting something and ex- and getting instant success, I like the fact that the world's not like that because yeah. that's the whole reason it, it should be that way. It should be that you start something like you start a Twitch account or you start whatever it is and it goes, yeah, yeah, because re- it, 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 it gives you the, the ability to, to look at things relatively speaking. Mm. And and I don't think enough people do that. Sort of having an objective viewpoint of where you currently are in in in, in, in whatever it is that you're doing, because it's it be and, and podcasting teaches you that, and and that's what then that's what yeah. sort of the radio did to me. Because it's like, you know, there was some people who would scoff at that and go, oh, thousands thousands of views a week. And I'm like, that's there, the community radio stations would die for that now? Like like yeah. because it's 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 got even worse since I did it. You know, and that was what three years ago. I mean, it's it's. No, I, no, I know
1: exactly what you mean because I've got a blog, and I've been doing that for the past what's well, nearly a year now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I've been doing that every single day, yeah. or very near about every yeah. single day. Yeah. And I've come to understand that even if you get something like thirty views in one day, that is spectacular.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, exactly, because you gotta, you gotta have the the reality of that. Yeah, yeah, you're you're needle in a haystack. Uh, and if you're starting something from scratch, that's going to happen. Uh, especially, it, 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 I mean, there, there's a counterpoint to that as well. I, you, it's good that you have that mentality, and it's the same. It's the same for. It's the, it, it, You've got to have the. you got to also think about what are you. This, this is something that very and not. This is what annoys me with, and it's in relation to the the, the the question you asked about the wire radio stuff because ultimately the reason it didn't work is because we weren't marketed. We weren't given the opportunity to to go to certain places and say, look at how awesome it is that we, what we did, because all that, everything that that was successful for was me, Wayne, all the presenters, Graham behind the scenes, um, and me behind the scenes, and it, 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 it all, all of that was a collective effort to get people to go, this is actually really good, and I swear to you, there were some people in that corporation who were actually generally pissed off, that they would get phone calls and like, can we speak to the guys who do the Y radio stuff? That Y radio stuff's really cool. So they, so it was some, that, that's kind of the problem when you start something from scratch in, an, in, a, in a, in a, in a, in an organization because they become jealous of what you've done. The reason they become jealous is because they're supposed to be doing something that gets them the reputation of that's a really greatly run organization. We come along, make something completely from scratch, and that's getting more, more praise than anything else that's done in the building. And they would apparently have. We would sit in meetings, and we would get. We we would the 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 guy like the chief executive would turn to the people who do like all the like sort of media stuff that we did for for our own radio show because we kind of tried to treat it as a separate entity. It's like they paid for it, but we treated it as a separate thing. And they would like have meetings where they basically go. Can we do what these guys do? Because they're doing a better job than you, and I'm paying you. I'm paying you to do. Th- I'm paying you to do this. Uh, and th- that. And, yes. and I'm like, well, he has an idea. How about you fire them and hire us? Like that would be surely. Surely anyone with any business acumen would go. Well, they're not doing a job, and I'm paying them five times as much. These guys have just come out of university, and are probably worth probably two times less money. Yeah. Uh, they're doing twice the better job. And yeah, I'm spending all my meetings shouting at them for not doing a good job as them. Why don't I just give it to them? But that's not, for some bizarre reason, that's certain. uh, This is one of the problems I have with sort of a capitalist nature is that they never really look at it uh, in a kind of realistic way. Um, And what what I often find in in companies I've worked for is that it, it becomes a kind, not, this isn't for all companies, there's some very good companies out there, but I'm just saying, a lot of the time when you have that structure it becomes a I'm fearful for my job so you get people who you get people who kind of who become this sort of inner gang. So once you reach the sort of top level of any company, they're all out they're all by, they're all got each other's backs so they never get fired. Yeah. Because because it's a nice place to be when you're on a five so in some cases six figure salary with a, with the way that these companies are structured. Um so so yeah, it just it, it, anno- it annoys, the, the point I was getting is it annoys me whenever you make stuff, and, and people go, oh, why am I not getting any views? Why am I not? Why am I not? If it, if it, if, and I say, is this what you want to do? And if their answer to that is yes, I'm like, how many times are you doing it? And even if they turn around and say, oh, what well, but I'm dedicating like five, six times a week to do this, and I'm, I'm like, I'm really planning it and all that kind of thing, I go, how much of time have you spent telling people that it exists? And they're, they're always, the are always majority of the yeah. time their answer is nil, and, and I go that's why,
1: well, that's why you're always on Twitter.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, and you know what's funny about that? I, I get criticised for that. I get criticised that like since Twitch has started, people have said, "Oh, it's annoying because when we followed you and all that kind of thing, you would do the podcast and everything, and now you're constantly saying you're on Twitch." I'm like, because that's it's a new it, thing. Though. Because it's a new thing, and yeah. I look at the statistical. You know, if you're any, any business savvy at all, look at, you, you use something like Buffer, where it tells you how many people have clicked, how many people have seen it, the potential reach it has, and it's, it's a great way of figuring out what you mm. should be tweeting and how you should be tweeting it. Um, yeah. And it tells me what traffic goes to Twitch for me doing it. And believe me, it's worth doing um, yeah. Sometimes I mean, and it goes back to what you said—a great point you said about the blog. Sometimes I would tweet, I'll tweet, and for whatever reason, either it won't get retweeted, or or whatever, and it just doesn't get any clicks at all. Like, so no one will go on my Twitch. But yeah, it, it on some and sometimes where we where we've done it. Like, uh, there was one tweet, random tweet I, I sent out where I was playing Last of Us, and it was my last day, and I'd done a whole walkthrough. We got like 50 people came in the chat in one in one. In literally over that one tweet because it got, re- it got retweeted. Yeah, it was a great game. It got retweeted like about ten times, and that that's kind of the beauty of social media is that you Snow can balls. send out. Yeah, you can send out something, and it may die in its ass, or you may send a random tweet and all of a sudden it gets. You know, and, and th- 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 this happens even in smaller tweets that they do. Like when when I have a tweet out, sh- when I have a tweet that we do a shop. What's interesting about that, and it shows that people who are following me want to follow me, is because I, I ever, like, send out a tweet that we have a shop now, it, I always look at that, and it gets a decent number of clicks, and I'm like, that shows to me that, that, that and that, you know, it if it doesn't, you know, because if you ever look at sort of Buffer and it teaches you stuff, that that, that tells you the potential reach it has, and if, it, if you know, we currently only have over 400 tweets, 400 followers, but that's because... I made the mistake of, and this is me learning from experience, because you're going to make mistakes in, in business, I had this kind of very one-dimensional thinking, and this mm-hmm. is in relation to the Y Radio question, is that I, the, the, it is very easy to go into this one-dimensional way of approaching something, and the reason I say that is because I had this attitude that Twitter didn't matter. Uh, I, I meant that in because I was getting really good numbers in podcasting, putting it on iTunes, putting it on Podbean and various yeah. other things. That um I, I didn't feel I needed to be on there and I and boy was I wrong mm-hmm. um because that's kind of having a naive approach of going oh yeah well uh, the podcast is self sustaining and this is my point is that but I forgot all the effort I made especially in the sort of first six months of promoting my podcast like I was on mm-hmm. Twitter all the time uh doing that and so the, the, my my problem is I I've went I, I lost a decent number of, of followers because. I stopped using it. I stopped yeah. using, it, thinking it didn't matter. Uh, obviously, as well but with all my health problems and stuff, I didn't tweet as as much as well. No, but
1: yeah, I imagine there's like a few barriers. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so yeah, so yeah, know, but
0: stuff. But to put it into perspective, since I've been back and since we've been doing the Twitch channel, we've had like a hundred follows so far uh, since we've mm-hmm. done it. So so yeah, and and that'll like that st- that's steadily been increasing. So that so that so that, so yeah. Um, so my so so really what I to, to to finish your answer on that is to just say it annoys me whenever people create content and want to do it as a thing and do and spend literally no time telling people about it because mm. I'm, I'm constantly telling going going you know emailing people emailing even more mainstream people who I know will not touch me with a barge pole <laughs> just just to go just to go can I have 5 minutes to talk about what I'm up to um which is interesting because I think there's most there's stuff on the horizon that I'm that I'm working on that I think so I will get more there's bigger,
1: there's bigger projects for the site.
0: Yeah, well, well, well. No, I mean, it, rather in terms of the business, I'd say rather than oh, the right. site. But, um, but, I think the point I'm making is, I, a lot of people think that it's got bigger. Uh, it's it's like it's got that there's a more there's a more um, like mainstream accept sort of geek content and. I would I make a sort of the distinguishable thing of that they accept it up until a point they accept it they accept it uh, as much as it benefits them mm. uh, and I think the reason they started to accept it is because it, it makes money um, because they're gonna talk about Marvel and all those sort of films because it makes money and it'll it makes exposure so they need to talk about it so um,
1: yeah so it'll trend so they'll trend with it
0: but I always make the key dis- distinguishable feature of if it's something that that um, that that is actually meaningful and is worth something on a grander scale, they'll talk to the people who are starting out. They'll talk to the more independent ones. They yeah. don't do that yet. Um, so it's not a case of like you know if you had like a let's 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 take for example an uh, for an argument that you had like an independent film that was made for let's say let's make a, a, a round figure of like a million a million pound you'd probably get quite a decent number of mainstream exposure by mentioning that you spent a million pounds making this film. And the reason for that is for a very, very, very key distinction, you've mentioned it's a film. If yeah. you say you've made a film, I mean, obviously, the you know, I, I know there'll be people who, who are listening to this who'll be going, but yeah, you're not. Of course, of course, there's other discernible stuff like what genre it is, what age rating it is, all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying a, a very stereotypical broad example that you're gonna get more exposure because if you mention it's a film, if you mention it's being filmed here, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, people the, the, you're gonna get exposure for that. Um, and and there's certain things that we've done in the past where we've got mainstream exposure because um, because it, we've made it it for what for want of a better word uh, very uh, broad enough that that they'll go well. It isn't really a geeky thing. It isn't really like a, a, a it, 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 it isn't this. It isn't that. And so they'll promote it, uh, and, and it obviously is much easier as well when you get other companies in who are who are mainstream companies and well, yeah. well they're in it, they're in it, so they'll do this. Because what was interesting, the the thing I'm the thing I'm thinking about, I don't know if this is part of your questions, but is was the um the convention I did last year, like a, a, a um, the geek fest, and we had a lot, a lot of mainstream companies there, right? And I actually this is the first time I've said this, but I was a little annoyed at the way mainstream media handled it um, mm. and 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 i don't mean that in any. i was happy for the exposure etc etc but what annoyed me it, it, it annoys you when you're the person behind the scenes doing all the work and they don't talk to you um, and yeah. they go to the person who's just you know because uh. jo- josh who i like a lot josh who i like a lot who was who, who uh who's helped us for ubisoft i've got no issue with him at all because you know he, he's just doing what he was told but like for example capital Capital promoted us in Metro, like in uh, uh, um, Metro and various other things. Like they promoted us like for for the whole weekends, and we were the number one place to go to, and all this kind of thing. And it was really really cool. But the thing that bothered me was that no, like I, I, they kept, I kept I made myself available for interviewing, and I basically went, oh that's cool, but can we talk to the guys from Ubisoft? Can we talk to the guy? And I'm like these guys. That's all well and good that they're part of it, and I'm obviously the that they're all. part of it. But they're there because I asked them. Yeah. You know, so I'm the person that made this whole thing happen, and they're Just skipping they, me they to, to get mainstream life. people because that's what they do, um, and yeah. because it's become, I guess it's it's an interesting byproduct of the of the thing we've been talking about in terms of in numbers is that people then sell their soul, they they yeah. sell their, they they sell their soul for the for the exchange of getting the exposure because that's really the only way you can get numbers fast. Mm. Is by exposing yourself in a way that you're not really wanting to, um, and, and and that's why all these reality shows have credence is because, mm. you know that you they're willing to do whatever it takes to get people interested, and, and and it's understandable because think of all the stuff that you click on in an average day, mm. you're gonna get shit. T- you you know, there's there's so many stuff that you click on that are basically just like this thing happened that it sounds really dramatic, and really if you if you have any sort of journalistic experience, and just sort of windle it down, there's actual stories meaningless, mm. and there's actually nothing happened. You know. Although
1: talking about numbers, yes,
0: uh, your site itself
1: um, set up in March of 2013. Yes, correct. Is actually doing very well. Yes. In terms of being uh, like an independent site, yeah, yeah, It's become a quite large network because you've yeah. got. Sci-fi writers, you've got members of Ubisoft coming down. You've got independent game developers on the podcast, and in terms of being like a personality, I guess in the scene, I guess you're quite a large part of it.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I, 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 I think there's a key distinction to be made that, like, yeah, that I think the, the the byproduct of your question is 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 in relation to. What a lot of people fail to understand in regards to making this a brand, uh, it's it's the one thing. And, and and I must reiterate as well. I never went to business school. I never did a business degree. But I think one of did the, English the, and history. At North Carolina, uh, did English and history. Yeah. And um and the one thing I learned over that period of time, one of the thing that university teaches you is how to think and to second guess yourself. And I already was like that anyway. I mean, uh, we touched on this before we started the podcast. I mean, I have bipolar disorder, which forces me to think anyway. Yeah. Like it forces me to look in myself and go, why am I thinking this way? And that's a very great skill. That's a very useful thing to have when you run running a business because you constantly have to think, now, is that the right thing for what I'm trying to achieve? Some people yeah. just go out on a whim and do something and think, that's, a, that's, a, um, that's the right thing to do. Um, my problem with that, my problem with that is is that you've got to think about what you want your brand to be and and, and actually build your brand as in the actual like trademark. So as in I'm referring specifically to Geek Apocalypse and that everybody knows that it's my thing. As yeah. people who follow the stuff, everybody knows that I'm the guy behind it and I'm the guy running it. But I want eventually it to be that that whenever Geek Apocalypse is on a poster, which it has been before, we've occasionally produced stuff where I'm not involved at all other than behind the scenes. So but people I, will
1: come back to it
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, if they look at my label, they'll go, oh, that's a thing that Steven does. Or they'll go, oh, they got, them guys are cool. That's ultimately what I want. I don't want it to be. This is one of the reasons why I wanted it to be a brand is because... I want it. I want obviously. Want, you know, I would be a fool to you know. It, it, I don't think it's unfair to to say that I want people to know that it's my baby in a sense that I did it. That I I, I want it to be known that I did it. Um, obviously because it's something I've spent a lot of time on. So the reason I, but at the same time, if if it ends up on a poster of us at what we're doing, I want it to be that people look at it and go, "Oh, them guys are really cool." Like so, whoever I whoever I ultimately send will be like, oh, they're from the Geek Apocalypse guys. Uh, mm-hmm. They're really cool. That's ultimately what I want to happen in the future. Um, yeah. And it, it, it does happen in a sense. Um, and that's really ultimately, you know, it's the same with the Twitch. It's like eventually, you know, we've only just started now looking into, because I've spent about a month and a half working on it, is that I'm, I'm wanting more people to contribute to it so that I'm actually in the background. like, And it was really yeah. fun yesterday to watch, my friend uh, Kieran was was on doing um doing a bunch of stuff, and it was really nice to be just in the in the chat, and I just chatted to people, and I like got on with my work, and literally because Saturday is literally my only real day off, so yeah, so it was really just nice to to have that, and I had a really sort of like sense of achievement in that because that's what that's what makes me makes me you know know that we're heading in the right direction is because I want yeah. to, to to have a thing. But, but to get back to, it's such an interesting question you asked because in terms of independent, the independent thing, this is something we were talking about in relation to, I was talking to my moderators, I'm very fortunate enough that I have moderators on my Twitch channel, Mm -hmm. and I was chatting to them about this very subject and and I'm like, this is what I ultimately think is the problem, is that people, people make the decision to, to promote themselves, not a thing, uh, like and that's much more difficult to market. Uh, it's not impossible, but the reason I say that is because if you just promote yourself uh, and promote like and promote just like a single single a single thing, like it's very much more difficult to get an audience that way. And my 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 view of doing this is I want to create a thing where people can look at it and go, "That's really cool." Like, can I be a part of this?
1: But yeah, the- it's like a creative team rather than just like
0: one person yeah and that's something I've that's something that's all the remit has always been that way it was the same at the Y radio like I gave credit to everybody that was involved it wasn't just me granted I did majority of the stuff and I could sort of if I was being a you know if I was being um lackadaisical about it I could say well yeah okay yeah but having said that it was me that did majority of the work But but it would not be true if I did all but to say I did all the work and I, there's a huge credit goes to Graham, my friend Graham, who does who did the Y Radio site because he worked for them at the time, and I was he was old schoolmates with me, and and I, I see him all the time now, so that's that was a that was a nice bonus, mm. um and he was kind enough to do the, the the Geek Apocalypse one, and and he and he um and he he deserves huge credit for the amount of stuff that he do. I drive him cra- I drive him crazy, you know, because of the amount of stuff yeah. I ask him to do, and he's like, I'm not actually sure how to do that, and he this is and he works. Full time as a website designer for a company in Newcastle, so it's not like yeah. he's not qualified. Um, mm. And and um, and he, I drive him crazy because I'm like, oh, I'd love to do this, and he's like, don't really know how to do that because we did the really difficult thing at the beginning, but ultimately better in the long run if we built the we built the site from scratch. So we didn't. Oh yeah. So we didn't do it with like a kind of a, a template. We did it. it the, the template, which as I say, I gave I gave I gave him the rights to, is that the template for the site. Is his baby like I told him how I wanted it to look, but the template is his, you know. So I said to him, because I believe in giving people credit, as I said to him, you know, if you've got any portfolio stuff, which he has obviously, uh, as I basically say to him that like the like there is such a thing as the Geek Apocalypse template, which is his thing. So I I made sure he did that because he deserves the credit for coming up with it because I absolutely love what he did with the site. So I said I made sure to tell him that you should take credit for it. But but yeah, it's, 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 to go back to what you were saying, it's a team effort, and that's why I'm... It
1: ties really nicely into uh, what I've seen on the site. Like Originally, when you were setting it up, you've described it as becoming uh, a network. Yes. Um, do you think you've done that?
0: I have and I haven't. Uh, it's a good question, and I'm prepared to be honest about it, is that... Um, it's incredibly difficult when you're doing something on your own to literally just have the time to be involved in all this kind of stuff. And the and the point I was getting to is good tie. you're right. It's a great tie to the the previous question because the problem is is that as I keep saying is that whenever you ask people to do something like I could you know like say say for example I have a friend who who does Twitch. I'll go. Do you want to do you want to like get together and do something now? The problem people have in realising why I ask ask of this is they go, I want people to use my stream. And people take that as me going, oh, you just want to take all the credit and you want to take all my views away. And I kind of go, what chance have we got in a a software that's developed in America and predominantly is an American-supported thing, how are any UK people going to get an audience on Twitch? And if anyone is, it's going to be one person, not ten. You know, so if we are sort of devaluing our own sort of by not collectively being together, mm. I, I think it's much more credible and much more likely to be successful is if I say to people, you know, how about you take my slot on my stream at six to nine on a Monday because I'm I don't happen to 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 um to do it on on a night time on a Monday. And go. You take that slot and take my the the audience I've made now, and you've got an audience there to play with. And the whole and I keep saying to them. And if and if this becomes a self sufficient thing, which is the goal with Twitch, it, it is the, is to ca- it's for it to make its own money back, so we can keep doing it. That's 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 the goal. Um, is you know you'll be rewarded for that, you know, because yeah. I'm a company, I will pay you to do that. You know when it becomes a viable thing, but people have the attitude of, oh, I just I'll do my own thing and I'll I'll do it at my own time, and that, like that's the that's ultimately the problem is I find that happening more often than I do, um than I than any than ever than ever, and that's something that really worries me because I don't think people are spending enough time realizing the importance of it, uh, realizing so, realizing the fact that if we, you know, because I've done. You know, a lot of the time as well, and I'm saying this not to be controversial, it's just a fact. You know, I've been doing this for two nearly two years and and it is and I like and obviously all the stuff I did before. And it's not like it's and I spend all my time doing this. You know, I'm in a fortunate position right now where I'm not working and I don't have to work and so I'm spending all my time more than I ever have spending my time on making this a viable business. Um and that's all happening behind the scenes. And it, it kind of frustrates me when you get someone who does a Twitch account once, once, once every two weeks, which is their remit to do. But I'm just making the point of to do it once every two weeks or once every month. And then come to me and complain, but nobody's coming into my Twitch channel, Stephen. Nobody's doing this. Nobody's doing that. And I'm going, because... But whenever when I offer you a viable thing of at least having some people in the chat to talk to... And to make it a much more enjoyable experience, and you you know we're benefiting each other, M- more people go to the thing of because it's so widely accessible to be able to do it on their own now more than ever. Is to just go, oh, I'll just stream on my own. I'll just stream so, on so my own. So you're
1: saying that people um, are struggling to networks simply yeah, because
0: because they're just they're afraid for some particular yeah. reason that I'm like, they look at someone like me who's made a brand who's done the branded thing. And they don't like the idea of being on a brand because they want to be an individual, but not realizing that the brand is just a marketing scheme. You know, it's like what you, the great question you asked me earlier about, you know, the Twitch is called Geek Apocalypse. It's not called Stephen Hesse or Stephen Hesse, my real name. It's not called that. It's called Geek Apocalypse for a reason that I want people to contribute to it. You know, if I wanted to be an egotistical prick about it, I could have just called it that. I could have just said mm-hmm. Stephen Hesse and went, oh, it's Stephen Hesse. It's, not, not that that's being egotistical, calling you Twitch your own thing. That's up to anyone. But, it's logical. But it's lo- but yeah, it's a, logical, it's a logical business decision to do. And so when people kind of say, oh, I'm going to go on my own thing, I'm going, well, good luck with that. Because you're not going to be... People have this attitude because it's the only thing that's promoted in mainstream media. The Justin Bieber's of this world, and I always say to people, not that there's anything wrong with Justin Bieber, I'm just making the key point of how often does a Justin Bieber come around? The answer yeah. is next, in, like he's the only real example of someone that's had that's so big from YouTube. Yeah, there's people who have made careers out of YouTube, and I'm and I'm really happy for them, and I, I hope YouTube. You know, I I really mean this. Seriously, when I say I, I think I, I wish YouTube did that more. I think mm. YouTube can should do more to to, to to help people who contribute to it regularly. But the problem is, is if you have a remit of, it's kind of the problem that it's kind of a problem we've created in terms of you know the in the 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 internet industry. I say we as in the people who use the internet and and companies mm. who and companies like YouTube because. YouTube don't want to go down the path of doing a network because the whole reason they became successful is because anyone can upload anything at any time. So yeah. if you become a Netflix where you basically like sort of, you know, un- bring in unsolicited material and then Netflix decide whether they're going to use it or not, um, that's, much more, that's a different business model entirely. And so you, 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 you so in some aspects, I can understand why YouTube are just having this attitude of, we're just happy the way things are because they make a huge sum of money doing what they're already doing. So why would they? Yeah. Why would they want to change? Um, but it. But yeah, it ultimately comes down to that exact thing. I honestly think that's the reason, it, because I spend all my effort building this up as a brand, and people spend all their effort building and building up themselves. themselves. Not realizing that. Not realizing that if you have a brand, promote the brand. Uh, and have, and promote the brand, and have you as the pioneer of it, because if you go to, because just think about the real logical, th- the really simple point, and it's not, it's, I don't think this is seldom enough, if I go on a radio show and go, oh, I run a thing called Geek Apocalypse, I'm promoting myself, because I'm the one that made it, you know, so yeah. I, I don't, well,
1: that's, to, that's the thing though, people yeah. people will know the brand,
0: and then if they're interested enough, they'll go and learn who's yeah. behind it. And if, and, and ex- exactly, and that's, that's the key, that's the key point, is that I want people who are interested enough to know who I am. And it's mm-hmm. a great marketing tool in that sense because you cut out the people who you, you really are not going to have for a long term. So people who really like, yeah,
1: nice.
0: of course you do. You know, of course you do. Anyone with any business who, uh, anyone who creates content wants people who come back, which is why I can make a really quick example of that. at uh, Giveaways and Twitch, mm-hmm. I see that all the time. And I made a sort of announcement the other day, where basically like I was originally going to give giveaways every like a hundred follows, and uh, or something like that, um, and basically sort of tweet that oh I'm giving a giveaway like a, like one of our t-shirts on our shop or something or a mug or whatever, and um, and I've decided and completely went 360 on it because I read a Reddit post about it where and um, it completely opened my eyes to to how bad it looks and I, and the the point that this guy made on Reddit was. If you're constantly tweeting that you are giving giveaways, it just promotes that your Twitch isn't worth watching in the first place, because you're kind of encouraging people to go there to get free stuff, and just not coming back. And that's like kind of looking at it looking at it objectively, because the 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 reason you do it is because you want to do takeaways giveaways takeaways giveaways because you want to. You want people to come to your stream, and you're hoping that your stream is going to be interested enough that people will stay regardless. But majority takeaways of the time, is good as well. yeah, takeaways are good as well. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and takeaways are kind of kind of needed when you're on Twitch as long as I am. But um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, the the point I'm making is that people kind of think, oh, if I give giveaways, I'll have people into the stream. People will be interested in me, and they'll just think, oh, well, that's cool. We'll we we'll, we'll get, we're getting giveaways as well. And really, unless you're kind of like the sort of geek and sundries, the nerdists or, or, or day nine or whatever, who are able to give giveaways every now and again, that's a, that's a surefire way of just financially screwing yourself, giving giveaways all the time as well. I am not yeah. like I'm, I would be financially screwed by doing it the way that I suggested, but I'm just saying you've got to always look at it as what am I gaining out of doing that? Um, obviously, I want to give giveaways to, to loyal people. Um, so, and not just have people who come in and take, you know, someone who may just go, right, I've got my t shirt and I'll never see them again. You know, I don't want to have that approach because, as you're saying, as you, as you touched on, I want to have people who come back who are interested in me and what I'm doing. And I'm fortunate in that there's people who do. And they're the people who, who, it, the, the the problem, the, the problem I think people have whenever they start stuff out is, that's the pool of people that takes a long time to grow you're going get you're gonna get some you're gonna get the odd stream the odd video where you're gonna get a, 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 you know people outside of that group who are going to look at your stuff and they'll probably look at that one video and never look at another video you do mm. that's just a fact uh, if you get kind of sort of too obsessed with it the, with them them people you know that's not. A, a a viable way of doing a business like it, the, the the business you want are people who are going to buy your stuff who are going to like donate to your twitch who are going to buy your t-shirts who are going to do this going to do that that they're the people that that matter because and, and they're the people who ultimately will care about your content who will want to purchase your stuff um you know and that's that's noticeable when we started the shop is that we got a bunch of people who who bought our stuff and I think that's because you know that's people who are obviously in my eyes must be people who are who have who have known about me for a a, a long period of time, and know that like you know the t-shirts where I've, you know the, the videos where I've wore a t-shirt and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's that that I think they're the people who have who have bought the stuff, you know. Um, and there's been some odd people who've just you know, and there's some people who know me for the Twitch who don't even listen to the podcast, you know. So that's the That's the other great benefit of branding is that you can have one particular section. And I've noticed a difference in my podcast since I started Twitch. So I think it's had a, you know, a medicinal benefit. Like it's had a really good positive benefit on my podcast because, you know, you know, it's occasionally it's mentioned that I do a podcast on there and it's written on that I have a podcast. So I think people end up looking at it that way. So it's all good. I think there's
1: uh, some, just like one of the final questions I wanted to ask you is about – like the ability to stay fresh because yes. mm-hmm. especially on Twitch and with the podcast, they're both kind of like time-tested ways of reaching an audience. Yes. And, you know, that's all well and good, but yeah. the content provided can normally be
0: the same. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's something I want to ask. How, how do you stay relevant, I guess?
0: Yeah, that's a good, good, good question. Like, um, I think... Uh, this is kind of another thing that I think think people are kind of a bit of afraid of, is because if you have a brand, it kind of gives you the sort of right to, the the, 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 the the privilege of being able to have a little bit of variety in what it is that you're doing, and that's something I, I set off from the mindset, of right from day one is that I, because it was the same with the it was it was the same with the y radio stuff, it was the it was the same with everything that we've done is that I, if you have a brand, you could make a brand whatever you want it to be. Um. Although geeks in the title, like geek, I kind of use as a verb, is a kind of like to be geeky about something. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of like whatever you're interested in, you should promote that and talk about it and be willing to talk about it. Because it, particularly when I started, it seems to be getting better. But since I started this, a lot of the time it was sort of like you weren't allowed to talk about the thing that you really liked, and that really bothered me. Uh, yeah, it really isn't bothered that me.
1: What like that drove you to do? Um kick apocalypse in the first place because wanted something where you could just talk about what you like yeah
0: and yeah. um, that's really the the, the that, that that that's exactly it it's re- that's really what the underpinning of it is in relation to what i touched on earlier about the why radio stuff is because yeah. um for example i wanted to interview a scientist now they were a christian organization so they had a kind of a little bit of an issue with that um and I want to, yeah. it's all that kind of thing. It's it, 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 it's very trivial stuff like that that other people might just go, well, you know, you got a radio show, you should, you know. I, it really annoys me when people kind of have the attitude of when you go, oh, I'm being handcuffed doing my show, and a lot of people's responses are, well, you got a show, you should be grateful. And I'm like, no. Well, I went from being able to do whatever I want to be able to not be doing anything at all. And anyone mm. who's in any job. Where that happens are going to be annoyed, are going to be yes. frustrated with the fact that it's changed, and I, that that was really the attitude I have. And then you know, so so you're right in the sense of, I, I mean, we did a we did we did a video game show, we did an improvised show on that thing, we did a music show, we did my show, which was like an interviewee thing, which was just really sort of the beginning of the podcast. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to do a thing of, I wanted in a very very basic trivial sense that i wanted to do a podcast where if someone took what came to me and said oh i've got this thing and i went that's really awesome i could go to them well i've got a podcast that has quite a decent number of people on do you want to come on and promote whatever it is that you're doing and that's the most thing that i most love about it is because i get emails every day of someone saying um oh i've got this thing like i've got this cop like the other, day for, the other day i got a, an email about and I'm trying to organize doing a podcast for it where um a friend a friend of mine sent me this thing saying that he, uh, that um, oh, I've got this friend who's got this comic book that he's trying to to get money for, and he showed me like some stills and and um and stuff, and so I get the privilege of seeing stuff before anyone ever sees them as well, which is really really awesome. um and then I basically like looked at it you know, and I make a kind of decision on their selling point and whatever they send me and i and if it's something that interests me, I go, that's awesome. Yeah, you should come on the podcast. That sounds awesome. Um, it's interesting because you get the other side of the coin as well. You get people who who send me stuff where I go. That's something I'm not really, you know. It, it, it has to. It, it, believe me, it has to be something very out there for me to go. I'm not interested in that. Um, yeah. And so you know, but but a lot of the time it'll be like just promote this. I don't really don't really deal very well with people going. Well, I'm asking you. I'm giving you the opportunity to promote something, and I'm going. No, I'm giving you the opportunity to promote something. <laughs> uh, um, and I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, and I'm not being a dick about it. That's just a fact. Like that's just a, it's a it's a collaboration. You know, you, you, it's not it's not a case of someone comes to me and goes, I'm ordering am ordering you to promote me. It's like no, I I decide I decide every decision that ever gets made on the podcast is fact. The final decision goes to me. Mm. So anytime you know, if someone if someone decides to be over the top annoying about it or, or, or kind of feels like this, this deserves some sort of special privilege that's never a good way of going about stuff and that's kind yeah. of the, the reason why I think the people we've had on the, the podcast have been you know been interested people because it really comes down to how you pitch things and um, it really comes down to how you how you kind of deal with people and and, and if you've got a kind of like I'm very I because I, because this isn't an act. I'm generally well. It isn't an act in terms of me being a geek. It isn't an act in terms of me being interested and curious because this is something I've always been like. But also, um, it isn't an act in terms of me being like sort of grateful for people coming on. If you ever read any of my emails, it's never done in a businessy sense. Like, oh, it's it's all you know. It's structured in a way that's business like, but but it, no, it's, it's informal. Yeah, it's informal in the it's informal in the sense of. It's me kind of going. I think you're really awesome, and I really like the stuff that you do. And it would really be an honor. It would be an honor or a privilege, or whatever, for me to to have the opportunity to interview you. And so whenever anyone asks me, like the more upmarket people, you know, the more well known people I've had on the podcast, it really comes yeah. down to that. It really comes down to me being you know you know humble and saying you know I would be it would be great for you to come on, uh, and also have the attitude of but if not, that's okay. You know, there's too many people who are see like whenever you get a decent number of audience who kind of have this sort of thing of like they, they feel that they, they they owed something, that they owed people to come on. And it's like, no, they still ultimately have a decision just as much as me saying yes or no to somebody is to go, you know, they have to, they, they, you know, if, if someone turns around and says that they're too busy or just be grateful that they got back to you because, you know, sometimes people don't. Yeah. And, and 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 if they come back if they come back to you and say oh not this time we're too busy or whatever it is take it as the fact that they went to the trouble of of, of answering you which shows that they at least looked at your stuff and said well there there are real there are real people who who deserve to be answered like um and it's just it's just that's that's the way things go sometimes but yeah and um, in uh, in in regards to Twitch, in terms of big keeping relevant and keeping interested, is I keep changing the games because I have a kind of a low boredom threshold, and I think audiences do as well. Like it's nice uh, once once a month we'll I'll do a week playthrough or something because that interests me, and I think Last of Us was a great idea. Like that was really well received. Um, I loved playing it because it was something I didn't play yet. It's obviously a, a game that means a lot to a lot of people. So it was nice having my genuine reaction to to stuff because I deliberately told my friends when it first came out not to tell me because I didn't have a PS4 at the time and I, I didn't I didn't buy it. On oh, PS3. Yeah. I didn't buy it on PS3 either, so I I deliberately told them not to tell me what happened. So the only thing I knew was the the beginning, the beginning video, the beginning uh, like sequence where you, where where he's um I yeah. don't know where he's that. No, well, no, I've I've completed. Oh, you completed so. it. Okay, well, spoiler alert to people who are listening, but um. <laughs> But yeah, he's, when his daughter gets killed, so... Yeah. So I knew that well, already going it. Was, it was in those talk.
1: moments where I've just sat there going, oh...
0: I know, it's really it's sad. Like, those, there's bits in it. If you watch my... Uh, I'm, I'm in the process of putting all the, the Last of Us stuff on YouTube. And yeah. um, and um, if you watch... There's some, of, some of my reactions, like, there's there's genuine bits to you in that where I actually am close to tears. Like, oh, I, uh, no, I, like, comple- yeah. I
1: completely agree. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's that kind of, um, I don't know, real emotion, that I guess, makes people stay. Mm-hmm. Because like obviously some of the YouTube content that gets put up is quite you know obviously some of it's fake some of it's staged whatever else, um, but I guess like the most the the unique selling point for smaller sites or trying to, like networking sites like yours yep. would be you know trying to stay as genuine for the audience as possible.
0: Yep. and that's a lot harder. Uh, it's what we touched on earlier. That's a lot harder to do, and it'll take a longer period of time than what I touched on earlier about you know you know me being an extreme and doing like a reality show or whatever it takes a lot longer doing it this way it's it's the same for twitch is that you know people have people have this kind of warped view of it's like um i got asked to do you know i got asked to go to a minecraft festival which was done in in time not far from here Hmm. and i turned it down and there was people there was people i i told about this who went are you crazy minecraft's got a huge following why are you not going to that? Like, that's going to be great for your stuff. And I said, because, and it ultimately came down to, I was like, I'm not an idiot. I understand that Minecraft's huge. Of course I do. I know what Minecraft is. It. I just basically made the really key distinction of I'm not prepared to go somewhere and fake my interest in it. And that's mm. ulti- and that's ultimately what what have happened is I would have went there and I would have just went oh, I can't wait for this to be over because and it's not that I have any problem with Minecraft I get its appeal it just You're is, just, it's just a, not a Minecraft yeah, player yeah it's just isn't for me a, it just isn't there's a huge
1: community that yeah. genuinely spends like hours of their lives learning how yeah, to do yeah, exactly. certain things like engineering yeah, and so.
0: spend yeah and spend and spend like a week building something and yeah and I, just, and, and, uh, and, I and I get its appeal and I actually have said in the past that it's a, that i actually like i'm really happy that something like that exists because it actually teaches kids how to do how to build a game from scratch that is literally mm-hmm. how a game is made in a, in a, in, a, in a graphic sense is it literally you do a building blocks take the code's of doing it one step at a time so it's a really good it's a really good way of showing someone how how a, how a video game is developed from scratch like I mean, obviously, you know, there's most There's obviously like it really comes down to coding and stuff like that in terms yeah, of yeah. how to get them stuff to to do it. But my point, I think, is still relevant in the in the really that that tells you that you know the, 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 that the that's really how games are made and Definitely, and, it, yeah. and it, it encourages creativity as well. So I have I have no issue with it whatsoever. To so the point of to kind to, 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 to transverse it to a kind of business sense is that Ke- Kieran, who's uh, like our young intern who who's who's on our. He's on our, our Twitch and everything. As I, I'm, I'm trying to get him to do a Minecraft, just a night of Minecraft a, a week, because I'm aware of its appeal and 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 but but I but the reason I want him to do it is is because he's a Minecraft player, so it'll come across when he's playing it, you know. Is but if you, um, cool sorry? Dude. yeah, is cool dude. dude, yeah, 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 cool yeah. dude. Um, so 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 yeah, I so so I so that I'm only mentioning that because I understand its appeal, I understand its relevance. It's like um. Yeah, but you know
1: you don't want to end up pandering to
0: yeah. like the
1: people who you don't
0: want as an audience, basically. Yeah, and also it it, it comes across like you were talking about is that like I can eat. I, I mean, it's not that I haven't done interviews where I haven't been interested or whatever it may be. And there's there's occasions where that does happen, but but the point I'm making is I want I want actually like make an effort to make sure that doesn't happen often in geek apocalypse, and that so if you ever click on something, you know I think the key reason uh, the key I honestly think the key reason is I, I'm never gonna know this for sure, but my hunch is that the reason people keep coming back to listen to the podcast is ultimately because whenever someone comes on, that is basically like me nudging something in front of someone and going, "I think this is cool like that really is what it that really is ultimately what it is. You know, I said this to the BattleBards guys because we're doing it we, I'm releasing a part 2 of the BattleBards guys who do this like audio uh audio um tabletop stuff which is really cool they're currently on kickstarter and yes. and um and I really like those guys They're really they really they really nice and yes. I, I chat to them all the time and um and I said this to them guys is that when you know they were like oh we had it you know it was really cool we got a noticeable difference in the podcast uh and you know in the kickstarter of the, what the, the, the first what, kickstarter they did and I'm like, that's cool, and that's great, and I and I, I've had people email me back, like um, Andrew Harmon, who did a a, a a card game called Frankenstein's Bodies, like when we were at Expo and we did a podcast like two weeks before in preparation for it, and um, because we're going to Expo literally, uh, literally in, in a couple of weeks time. London? It's, uh, no, it's um, Birmingham. Uh, it's the oh, board game convention. It's a board game convention. I was actually going to go to London Expo, but I've kind of changed my mind. Um. Uh, I, 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 well, I keep changing my mind. I keep kind of wanting to go and then not going. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I might end up making a last minute decision and just going anyway. Um, but I, but we'll see. But, but yeah, no, this is a board game convention called UK Games Expo, which is on at the end of the week, end of the weekend, and we've went the last yeah. two years. And um, it's really good because I get a table and and all this kind of thing, and I get the opportunity to talk to people, which is really nice. And and um and yeah um, there was a guy called Andrew Harmon who did a, a game called Frankenstein's Bodies that during the time he interviewed me at Expo he was like he was like about five hundred pounds away from meeting his target to make his game and I really thought his game was awesome and we promoted it with him and and like about five hours before his uh, Kickstarter ended uh, there was there was a bunch of people who listened to our podcast and listened to, and looked at his stuff. And got a bunch of people together and bought a bundle of, of games, like about like they, they they donated like about twelve games worth of money to his thing, and he made his Kickstarter by about fifty pound. Yeah. <laughs> it was and I, and I was really chuffed for him. So like I, like that he that he managed to make his game because his he, he and he was and, and, and what was really sweet of him is to as a as a thank you he sent me a copy of the game, which I thought was really kind of. him um mm-hmm. but yeah it's a really really great game and that's that's stuff that i'm that's stuff that i'm proud of and the, that, but it's that, interesting.
1: that's like the networking that has has worked
0: yeah definitely nice. um i also think uh I, it's interesting because it, it, you know I, I i'll stay on this as well that like you get the you get the other side of the coin is that and i know we, we've touched on this earlier is that you get people who come to me and say that i'm selfish in the way that i approach things like it's all about me and i'm like uh, and I, I find that I find that like I just can't understand that that mindset. It's a bit
1: unrealistic, isn't it? To yeah. Say
0: that? Yeah, because but it's because I'm the guy running the show. You know, it's mm. a bit like it's a bit like Dana White. I always kind of like use Dana White as a good example because Dana White gets criticised for being the guy at the fights all the time, and I'm like, he's the promoter of the fight. That's a bit like that's a His bit like, job. Yeah, that's a bit like going. Uh, that's a bit like going to a boxing match and going. Why is Don King in my face all the time like promoting this thing because he's running this sh- it's, he's running the show like you would never turn around and say, "Oh Don King, why is he here because he set up the fight so that that's the same thing for me. it's like it's like a geek apocalypse did a, a gig. It's like people going well it, it would be really selfish of Stephen to be at this event. I'm like, well, I have to be there because it's my, like, at least I have to be there to show that it's going well, like, and, and make sure people are doing what they're doing. But that's my, that's, 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 that's my remit for the thing. It's like, it, 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 and it's almost like, you know, when I like promote the podcast, it's like, oh, you're promoting a podcast. It's like, yeah, of course I'm expecting, you know, medicinal benefits of me of having someone on the podcast, because hopefully that'll mean people will come back to my podcast. But I'm here every week. There's a different guest every week. There's a reason for that is because it gives the ultimate exposure to the guest. So the guest gets the, the the guest gets the, um, gets the, the, I'm showcasing the guest. You know, I'm here all the time. You know, I know through looking at the statistics of the podcast is that some people skip my intros. So they're happy to hear me interview people, but they don't want to hear me talk about what we're up to, which is completely fine. You know, because at the end of the day, I have the approach of, you know they're listening to the majority of the podcast and they're listening to me talking to the guest. So it's not about it's not all about me and it's like what we're touching on earlier about networking. I want it eventually to be this thing of, like, there'll eventually be a point with the twist with with Twitch, sorry, where um where I'll have to make a decision of whether it's viable, like whether it's viable to keep up with, um and if it is if it does become viable, you know, there'll be a certain point in time, let's say a year from now. Is a, a ballpark sun, a ballpark uh, example where where like where like I'll have to go. I'll it'll either be the other people will be using my Twitch and I'll be on it a lot less, or it'll just not be viable because at the, the the only reason I'm doing the schedule I'm currently doing on Twitch is because I'm able to. But eventually it'll reach a point where you know the because I'm looking at making the, the business like a limited company because it currently is just uh, uh, it's essentially me. So Stephen Hesterwood Media finances, finances Geek Apocalypse, but I'm looking into making it a limited company and making Geek Apocalypse the company, which is, right. which is you know, that's, that's stuff that's happening behind the scenes. Because the thing I was touching on is that the, the, the sort of future stuff, what I'm wanting to do is have my own performance space. That's something I've been wanting since we started this, but that's a lot harder than it sounds. Um mm-hmm. it's not a case of just going up, going up to a, a room and going, I'm going to hire this room and I'm going to do whatever I want with it. There's so many variables and also stuff as simple as like, am I going to sell alcohol there? Am I going to have a bar? Mm-hmm. How many people am I, am I wanting to be in this thing? How much is the lease going to be? Am I going to even have a lease or am I just going to try and find somewhere where I can just rent? like rent a place uh how many days am I going to do it who else is going to who else am I going to help because I'm looking into the only way that would become a viable thing is to get other people involved in it so I'm kind of talking to kind of talking to for example a friend of mine who's a musician who has like a lot of connections in the music industry basically to say to him if this does happen you know will you run a night there will you run a night so that's a prime example of me wanting to be behind the scenes and not have anything to do with it and just basically have, like, the Geek Apocalypse Theatre or Geek Theatre is kind of the, the tentative title for it right now. But to have, like, a night where I'm not involved in it at all, I literally hand over the reins to someone uh, like, like my friend Tony, who I'm mentioning now, and basically go, you run this night, you hire the bands, and I'll pay you to do it. And I'll just have a behind-the-scenes thing of that will maybe film it or at least record it. Uh, and use the use the stuff later on. Uh, and that's really... And I honestly think, in relation to the podcast, because I always get asked this, how are you going to make podcasting a viable business?
1: Hmm.
0: And that's hard. Um, uh,
1: sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no right yeah. Um You have a- actually answered my last question. All right, go for it.
0: Which inadvertently.
1: Was? Which was? Um, well, what, what were you planning to do with it? All oh,
0: right. Okay. Yeah. Well. So uh, thank you for that. And I've just looked at the recording time. Okay. <laughs> we done like an hour or something. I think. Yeah. It's the minus the, uh, minus, the uh, minus my uh, interruption with the shopping. But yeah. Yeah. No, minus but, yeah
1: that. I but, we've got about forty-five minutes. That's cool. Awesome.
0: Um, so, but I'll just answer uh, that quickly. I'll just answer that quickly yeah. for the benefit of my my recording. But basically, just. Um. But the, it, it's because it, it's something I wanted to mention about in terms of being, you know, whenever I get interviewed, it's just it's just having the opportunity to talk about the difficulty with getting people to care about podcasting in the UK. It is really really difficult um, because it's not part of our culture here. Um, yeah, and, you
1: were talking about this on the uh, Call of Duty stream.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just before
1: yeah. I joined, funnily enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and because but, but because. Because the, the, the reason for it is because, you know, podcast, you, you've got, bit, first of all, you got to bear in mind all the sort of mainstream podcasting that anyone's heard of from the from America has come from, like, years of trying. Like, Nerdist has been going for, like, I couldn't believe this when I was reading his book, but Nerdist has been going since, like, 2007. You know, so that's like eight, nine, eight, nine years. Like, you know, yeah. it's like that's a long time. You know, if you put it into perspective, that I feel like what I've achieved in two years is good in comparison. You know, like, I, like I'm not saying in comparison to them because in two years they would have done a lot more than me. But, but I've got, but you've got to, but you've got to put it in the reality of the situation of where I'm based. I'm still living in the place that I grew up in. The, he's living in LA, where where you know it's like it's incredibly easy to access everybody. Um you know he had a stand up career before then he did it ten years he was ten he's like ten years older than me when he started you know so there's so many variables as to why that they have a better opportunity than me mm. but it doesn't mean it isn't possible, but it just is a lot harder because you know the the problem over here in a nutshell with podcasting is, and I say this all the time, there's not enough people doing it on a consistent basis. There's not enough people who are mainstream people doing it I mean there's, there's only really Richard Heron that I know of that, that does it consistently and um, that gets like exposure and 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 he does a great you know and one of the things he does which is why I wanted to look into the geek theater idea is he hires Leicester Square theater and does a live podcast within and, and pays in and, and the audience pay to see it. Now that's you know that's something really that is is a good is a is one way of of looking into maybe making the podcast a viable thing. If you literally pay everybody and get the audience to pay for what you're doing, and then you can at least cover costs that way. So that's something I'm looking into. But Mm -hmm. but um but in terms of like I'm specifically talking about getting companies to advertise on your podcast, and it's because companies do not care about podcasting over here. Um. Whereas in America, it's such a big thing and so many people do it. It's like if you're a comedian in America and you don't have a podcast, you're shooting yourself in the foot um, mm. because you, you, you're just not you're, not, you're creating an audience for yourself to be able for people to know where you're doing stuff and all that kind of stuff. So the problem is, is that there's and there's enough companies and it's a big enough of a, of, a, of, a, of a country that even though maybe, like let's for argument's sake, say only 10% of the population know about podcasting that's still way more than than we than we would ever get in in in, in england yeah and um, uh, and and that's or the uk you can even make a uk thing and and that's ultimately the problem and so that means if it's the same for the audience you know it's the same dif- differential difference between companies is that there's less companies to choose from and there's less companies to convince to care about podcasting and that really is ultimately the problem because the way, you know, for example, I don't see, I don't see, if I, if, if I was in their position and I understood podcasting and, and, and the internet as, as, as much as me, to me it would make logical sense of, like we have a lot of people who do board games come on our podcast. Now why doesn't a board game company come to me and say, oh, you get 5% off and that 5% comes to the podcast as a way of paying us and people, and, and a person gets 5% off for the very board game we're promoting on the podcast? because mm. to me that's a win-win situation because if you give that exclusive thing to me all the people who listen to my show are going to go to your thing because you're offering something in exchange for what listening to the very thing that they're listening to and that happens at Erica all the time uh but companies just don't see it, don't see the advantage of doing it here which I find ludicrous because like yeah. like if, if if like if I ha- if the Twitch got big like say i had a thousand followers and i was getting like about i don't know let's say hundreds of people listening to watching one stream at any one time why wouldn't it it, why isn't it plausible for a video game retailer to come to me and say uh for for this amount of, of a percentage of sales you know we'll we'll advertise on your podcast and we'll advertise on your twitch because how great would it be if i like got the latest game and they sent me the latest game and I, paid, mm. and I did a whole week's worth of playthroughs on it and then said, oh, guys, if you want this game, go to this place. You get 5% off of it or whatever it may be. And, you, and, and some of that money goes directly to the very thing that you're watching. That is a much more viable business than having people go onto your Twitch and go, could you donate money to the very thing that's free already that you're watching right now that you don't have to pay for? How can you convince somebody to donate to something like that? That's that's very hard to do, uh, and that's why podcasting has never been able to do this whole subscription model because people are reluctant to pay for something that started off free. Uh, anyone, any mainstream person that's done any subscription models for podcasting have, have turned around and said it was a terrible idea. There's some that have there's, there's some that are exception, but I'm talking really in general, especially people who are independent because, you know, if you're a, if you're a famous person and doing podcasting as a side thing you're much more likely to get someone paying for it but yeah other stuff,
1: stuff up. yeah
0: if you do it independently yeah. you know you you're doing something independent <coughs> and then basically saying to someone now pay for now pay because I'm good at what I'm doing and I'm not saying that I don't I, I generally think I am good at what I'm doing but I think everyone should have that mindset when they're creating stuff and and I generally think that I am like objectively and yeah. it just it just comes down to you know, it, it, it's 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 having the understanding and the realistic view of that, Unfortunately, people will look at independent people and go, "How dare you tell me that you're worth caring about? How dare you're worth me paying this money to?" Because unfortunately, we're paying for the fact we're, we're paying the price, and it's going to take a, 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 it's going to take a, a decent period of time for this to change. Is that we've grew up with the internet being a free model. So we don't have we don't people don't like this idea of being able to have to pay for everything. I do think things should be free, and I, and 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 my podcast is always going to be free. I'm never gonna. It always will be because I, under, I I like the fact that it's free, but uh, but it's a bit like there was a there was a, there was a situation with um Stitcher, where Stitcher a while ago. Uh, would put people's podcasts on, like Bill Burr and, and Joe Rogan and stuff, and they would put it on their thing and put advertising within that podcast and not tell the person. And I had this real argument with people on on Twitch about this the other day where people were like, because uh, Red uh, uh, Brian Redburn, who is the co-host of Joe Rogan, they, they talked about this on the, on his podcast. And he was like, well, if you do free content and have your RSS feed everywhere, you're basically causing yourself trouble and everybody does that. So, if you have free stuff, you know, if someone puts your stuff on their site and gives you more exposure, you have no right to complain about that. And I'm like, what the... You are so deluded to think that. I mean, I can... But what's annoying is I I can understand his ignorance. Like, I can understand his ignorance of going, well, it's free, so why are you bothered about people? Because we should be the ones making money. We're making the bloody content. If somebody... If somebody came to... It's like... It's like somebody, right? See... It's, it, it's like some it's it's this, it's like DVD copyright it's like it's like somebody it's like you making a DVD that you sell on your site and then someone puts it on YouTube and pays for someone to see it that's exactly the that's exactly the same thing uh, it's just a different media outlet um, mm. and they're going oh no but it was free to begin with but like you know if you're providing it they're breaking the law by redistributing it and paying for it it's it's against the law you know it's 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 redistributing and re rebroadcasting something that was yours doesn't give it doesn't One second. It really doesn't matter if it's free that's fine no worries I, uh, I was just I was finishing my point anyway it was just basically so yeah it's just it's a lot harder in the UK to do to, to, to yeah. make money through podcasting Um, there's only been the odd occasion where we have Um, and and that's 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 something for me to figure out Um, mm. but um but yeah I mean obviously the shop and stuff helps and all that kind of thing but but basically. But, but that's never going to be a viable way of making consistent money. That's just ever going to be a side thing. And that's kind of giving back and giving people the opportunity to buy our stuff. That's really how I look at that as. Um, and so really, um, I mean, obviously, the, the goal with Twitch would be to have a Twitch partnership where we get some of the ad revenue. I mean, that would be great. Um, and that, that's, mm. that's, that's that's on the radar, and I think we can get there eventually. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it. but, yeah, so the future thing is, is as I'll say, is that um, – the thing that I'm really working on outside of the podcast and everything else is to get my own performance space in Newcastle where basically we'll have a night, probably like a Sunday has been the provisional thing that I've been thinking of, where we would literally do the podcast live and have an audience in for it. And the reason that has a huge advantage is it can lead me to getting more well-known people to literally sort of like a live Q&A, but we're kind of going to promote it as it's the podcast live but it'll essentially be a Q&A where people can come and ask questions. So it's kind of like the way I would probably be marketed as or pitched as, it's kind of like going to a convention, but getting the opportunity to talk to the person you went to the convention for at a lot less money. Mm. That's the reason that, that that's literally how I'm looking at it as. So like, say like I got Chris Barry to do a live podcast, uh, Rimmer from Red Dwarf. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah, instead no,
1: of... No. I've watched Red off.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was saying, like, um, but imagine, like, sort of being in a, a 200-seat theatre, having the opportunity to ask him a question literally about 10 metres from him, as opposed mm. to going to a massive convention where you're spending a fortune just to go into the thing, and then you've got to spend another 20 quid just to speak to them or just to get an autograph or just to get a photo. You know, I, I would make it, you know, I would I, I would make it sort of like... Because I, I, all the time I hear people say... Oh, have you heard what's happening at London Comic Con, isn't that awesome? But I can't afford to go. Because if you make a commitment to go to a convention anywhere other than where you are, it's like a couple of hundred quid commitment, their minimum, just to go down there and buy, and, you know, hotels and everything else. It's a huge commitment. Whereas imagine being in Newcastle and every week I have a person from a geek, from geek culture who's been in something interesting and you can go and see them and it'll cost you you know, probably half or what half of what it would cost to get into a convention to see someone you want to see. Because I, I, the reason I, I, I that, that idea interested me is because a lot, very often, I'll go to a convention to just see one person. So that's kind of why I, I want to do it because I think that I think it would work. Um, but as I say, there's just a lot of variables and a lot of businessy things that you have got to get through, like insurance and 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 also I need to figure out who I'm going to need to hire uh, and various other things, you know, because obviously I'm going to need people to run the bar. If we have a bar, is a bar viable? Where's the venue going to be? Because there's a couple of places I'm looking at in Newcastle, but it's whether it's, it's whether it's affordable as well because if I can't finance this myself, I'm going to have to have some sort of, some sort of partnership to be able to do it. So it's just kind of just mention mm-hmm. it to certain people and go, I really think this will work. Uh, or, yeah, Dare I say, go down the approach of maybe getting a, a maybe, uh, maybe loaning the money, but obviously that's that's a huge risk. Um, so if there's a way of me not being able to do that, then I'll then I'll go down that route, but um, but, but we'll see. But yeah, that's really the future of it, well, and um, just keep doing it. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to speak to you today. Thank you for agreeing to it. No problem. Thanks for the interview. You're listening to the audio version of the Geek Apocalypse podcast, bought by yours truly, Mr. Resident Geek, Stephen Hesse. We are available on iTunes as well on www.geekapocalypse.com. Broadcast live and exclusively from Newcastle, England in good old UK. We also have a YouTube account which is www.youtube.com forward slash geekapocalypse where we we will be uploading all the videos from our podcast as well as from Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, we are also just starting a Twitch account which you can find at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekapocalypse where you can follow us to find out all the streaming we will be doing on said site. Also, you can, if you want to know everything that we're absolutely up to, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at geek underscore apocalypse. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy being a geek.